If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John. John chapter 4, and I'd like to actually read a significant portion of that chapter. John chapter 4, it's on page number 1,651. A beloved story, a story many of us know so well, and one of my favorite Jesus stories in the New Testament. The story of the woman at the well in conversation with Christ at Jacob's well. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. I'll be reading down through verse 42. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would give you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than my our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons, his flocks, and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, gushing up, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. 
You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then the disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe with harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. We know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Satisfied? Are you satisfied? When was the last time you finished eating, pushed the chair away from the table, and now that was a meal? Stuffed, satiated, satisfied. I think of Thanksgiving dinners, turkey and stuffing, mashed potatoes, and sweet potatoes with pumpkin pie. I think of a particular steakhouse, juicy filet an inch and a half thick. I think of birthday dinners topped off with cherry cheesecake. I think of shady maple on the way to Sight and Sound with a bus trip. See joy. Shady Maple, Smorgasbord, 
So much to eat and so little room. Who would think of Jesus? A ladle of water, a conversation with a stranger full of living water, the disciples returning from town to get takeout. Meanwhile, verse 31, as I read, the disciples urged Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? And Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Jesus was satisfied with deeper food, with greater food. Celebrate Jesus. That's our theme of sermons through this month. Four week, four weeks worth of sermons leading up to our Lenten season. A month of Sunday's theme to celebrate Jesus. What makes Jesus so attractive to so many people? What draws us to Him? Last week we talked about Jesus, the people's choice, how He stayed spiritually connected and spiritually directed by the Father. That was attractive to us. This week we want to look and see how Jesus shattered society's stereotypes. Stereotypes of us and them. There are so many thems. Yes, we know who we are, we think. Us, guys, but all them, thems. (laughs) Think about that. But today I want us to think about how Jesus knew that living water that He had to bring through the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God couldn't flow when dammed up by walls of prejudice and discrimination. Let me say that again. Jesus knew the secret that His living water couldn't really flow when dammed up by walls of prejudice and discrimination among peoples. Here in John chapter 4, Jesus' day, truth had been reduced to a trickle. Jesus produced the flood of living water flowing to the whole town in a dry place in Samaria of all places, smashing man-made barriers, obstacles to the witness of God. Oh, how we need living water today. We are thirsty to find satisfaction. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit and joy and truth and life welling up within us to satisfy every need. And yes, oh, how we need to break down walls and barriers in today's society. Polarized by partisan politics, prejudices, discrimination, the walls are just as big now as they ever have been. We need 
a flood of living water. Just as the Samaritan woman did. A flood of living water. Look at Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Smashing through society's superficial stereotypes. Stereotype number one. There's three different taboos in that society that Jesus broke down, broke through. First of all, taboo number one, Jesus is seen here talking to a woman. Well, that doesn't strike you too much in this day and age. But back in Jesus' day, for a man to speak to a woman in general was politically and socially incorrect. Men back then, especially religious leaders and teachers, avoided public contact with women. Women were considered among the lowest levels of society's social strata and status. One rabbi is quoted from that day saying, Thank God I wasn't born a slave, a woman, or a dog. Think of it. You've come a long way, baby. Probably don't remember that old commercial. What was it, Virginia Slims? Come a long way, baby. I don't know. I'm not old enough to remember that. Taboo number one, Jesus talked to a woman. Taboo number two, stereotype number two, Jesus talked to a Samaritan woman. A Samaritan woman. With hundreds of years of prejudice, animosity on both sides. You look at Old Testament history back in 722 B.C., the city of Samaria, the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel, right? Samaria fell to the invading armies of Assyrians. And the Assyrian practice, the ruling power Assyria in that time, had the practice of carting off anything and anyone of value from the place where they conquered and bringing in others, mixing everything and everyone up, transplanting foreign populations and peoples to blend cultures and families. Intermarriage between pagan people and God's people, when the purebred or pedigreed Jews returned from Babylonian exile 200 years later, there was major hostility and, and discrimination, animosity between Samaritans and the Jews coming back. Kind of reminds us of the Jews and Palestinians today. Same thing. Therefore, consider how powerful Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan was to those listening in that day. Jews were considered, or Jews considered, it's ceremonially unclean. In other words, not kosher to eat with Samaritans, just like they considered it unclean unkosher to eat with Gentiles, right? You remember Peter's 
difficulty being called to the Roman centurion Cornelius house, similar. Not even touch the food or the plate of a Samaritan. Jesus says, will you give me a drink? Remarkable, outrageous, stunning. Not only that, consider this about Samaritans and Samaria back in that day. For people to get from the southern area of Judea, like Jesus was, they would generally walk and walk or take a donkey or some form of transportation all the way around Samaria, not going through Samaria, but to get to Galilee, they took the long route. It's kind of like going from South Jersey through Pennsylvania and New York State to get to New York City. Why would you do that? Well, interesting, verse 4 says, Jesus had to go through Samaria. My suggestion to you is that there was nothing but spiritual necessity requiring him to go through Samaria. He had a a task, he had a purpose to go through Samaria. Taboo number two, Jesus is seen here talking to a Samaritan woman. Number three, Jesus is talking to a sinful Samaritan woman. A sinful Samaritan woman. Strike three, you're out. This woman of ill repute, a notorious lifestyle, scandalous history in her small town. Notice she's drawing water at the sixth hour. That translates to high noon in our understanding, in our timekeeping. And the reason for that was because of social isolation, ostracism. She is ostracized from the village's woman's circles because of her reputation. Jesus reveals through his divine omniscience, you had five husbands, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. Wow. It's almost like she has five scarlet letter A's monogrammed to her dress. Who are today's Samaritans? Let's be honest with ourselves. And God and others, Samaritans, quote-unquote, abound today. There are plenty of social stereotypes and walls of prejudices in our society today. Racial prejudices, Black Lives Matter, we hear it all, the... The riots, we're learning about white privilege more than we care to know. All the demonstrations and riots on city streets and college campuses. Could it be that we need to address something in our own hearts? Racial prejudices, anti-African American, anti-Asian, that was came up last year. Anti-Hispanic, Native American, anti-Semitic, whoops, whoopee, reverse racism, or gender stereotypes. 
gender equality, feminist movement, or class discrimination, rich, poor, middle class, age and generational stereotypes, generational divide. Elders are being put out the pasture of no use. Really? Educational differences, high school dropouts, college graduates, graduate school graduates, postdoctoral work, work level differences, white collar, blue collar, fur collar, no collar. I personally like t-shirts myself. Ideology or politics, party polarization, Republicans, Democrats, and libertines, conservative, liberal, progressive, there are great divides in our day today. I wonder who the Samaritans are in our lives. How about in the church? In the Christian church, are we like Jesus, smashing down walls that divide us, denominations, worship styles? Let the walls fall. Let us love like Jesus. Let us build bridges so that the flood of living water may flow in our hearts and in our church. Let the flood flow of living water. Notice here in this story an unlikely witness. New Testament's first recorded evangelist had an invitational style. Leaving her water jar there at the well, she went back into town. Come see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Messiah? So these Samaritans came out of town and made their way toward him. Let me reread a couple verses at the end. Many of the Samaritans from town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to believe him, they urged him to stay with him. He stayed two days, and because of his words, many became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said, but now we have heard for ourselves. We know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Beloved, go light your street. See the light. And shine the light. Share the light with those in your neighborhood. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, you are the light of the world. So shine. Let Jesus build your life, your home, your family, our church, into a lighthouse, a beacon of hope and grace in a divided and desperate world. Let this be the generation that brings the gospel to all peoples of all sorts, all the world. We have been blessed to be a blessing. Be like Jesus. Be peacemakers. Be like Jesus. Break down your own walls of prejudice and discrimination. Perhaps you're blind to them. Pray that God will shine light in your heart. No longer hold stereotypes of them and us. Love others like Jesus 
and share His love with all. Let the whole world know that God loves them. Therefore, we do too. Start with your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Think about the good Samaritan. Samaritan or not, love your neighbor as yourself. Lighten up and light your street. Turn on the floodlights and let it flow. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your great love, for Your amazing grace, for the way that You love each one of us just as we are. And You love each one in the world. Help us to see people as You see them with Your eyes, to love people with Your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.